You're listening to Jim and Mike Talk. Recording at the, did you say, Seven Studios in beautiful Washington, New Jersey. And now, here are your hosts, Jim and Mike. Hey everybody, uh, this is Jim. And this is Mike. And we are back. Jim and Mike Talk. And we are on uh, show number 13. Lucky 13. And it is a Halloween podcast. <laughs> Our featured segment, uh, we have a special guest in the studio, and it's my friend Darren Alk, who I've known a long time. Darren in the house. And we talk about horror movies. Then we end with some horror trivia. But before yeah. we get to those segments, we are starting with Odd Songs. Odd Songs, a great segment we started just uh, not long ago, and we want to continue. Mm-hmm. Choose an odd song, one that's just really things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. And this one really makes me go, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, what's the song? And what better um, song or artist by Alice Cooper? This is a song called Million Billy. And this is off his From the Inside album from 1979. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had this album. I was 14 years old. And I remember this song. It, and I just want to mention, yeah. a lot of people don't know this song. You know, like yeah. uh, listening to songs in the 70s. Uh, this one did not come up because uh, I did not have Alice Cooper albums like you did. Yeah, and uh, did it, Jim? Did it get airplay? Did it? I don't think it got airplay. Okay, yeah. So, so a lot I of people don't even think it was a single. Yeah, so a lot of people won't won't know this, but it is uh, it is notable. So the song was, uh, believe it or not, written by Bernie Taupin, the writer for Elton John. Well known, well known for decades with Elton John and um, Bruce Roberts. He's another songwriter, mm-hmm. and this. I think, I'm pretty sure this album was produced by David Foster. I know this song was. So David Foster, uh, mm-hmm. Celine Dion, Air Supply. You don't think of Alice Cooper. Right. So um, there's, besides Alice Cooper singing on this song, there's a woman by the name of Marcy Levy. Right. And she's mostly known, you might not know her name, but... Uh, she worked with Eric Clapton. Right. Great song. Well-known. Lots of airplay. The Core. Yeah, the Core. Eight-minute song. It rocks. It's just a beautiful song. And that's where I first heard Marcel. She sang on Wonderful Tonight, Promises. So when you hear a female voice with Eric, yeah. that's her. Great, she, great voice. Really goes along with Clapton's. And it goes along well with Alice Cooper. So this song starts off with Marcy. Right. And I want to mention that uh, it's so interesting it just starts right off without any instrumentation. You just hit play, and yeah. it starts right out with her saying "Billy." Yeah. You know, so uh, I thought that was interesting. Instead of you know, a lot of songs they'll have an interlude. You'll start out with a few notes, and you get a feel and yeah. sing. So I thought that was just boom. What we noticed was it's very low. Uh, I don't think this album has been remastered. It was uh, only the first 30 seconds. Uh, the first uh, yeah. acapella chorus was really low, and that's a little bit strange, too, yeah, in the production. Yeah, it gets yeah. louder. Yeah. Now, we didn't tell you why this song is odd. <laughs> so, <laughs> Go ahead. Millie and Billy, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, but apparently Millie had a husband that they got rid of. So, yeah, and we'll get to the details of that later. Yeah, they, they killed him 
off in the song. Let me read a quote from Rolling Stone. Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. So back in 79, Rolling Stone reviewed the album, reviewed the song. And I quote, if anyone could pull off a concept album about life in a sanitarium, it's Alice Cooper, the man who turned dead baby jokes into high school national anthems <laughs> and made a whole career of exactly that kind of comic grotesqueness the new LP promises, end quote. So with this song, uh, it's a nice ballad, right? Soft, sweet, slow. Yeah. Yeah. But then you, it builds a little bit. You got guitar and so, like orchestration. It's like mm-hmm. a rock opera. Right. And the weirdest thing at the end is, I don't know if it's Alice Cooper calling out Billy's name. Huh. And like he's in a cave. Yeah. He's like, Billy, Billy. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Probably picturing the the lunatic asylum, the sanitarium, as they say in Rolling Stone. Probably trying to picture that. He's probably taking himself there and, uh, you know. So the chorus is, God made love crazy so he wouldn't feel alone. He was mm-hmm. thinking of us. He was thinking of us. God made love crazy so he wouldn't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. Millie goes into... Now, to events of a night long ago, driving alone with our guilt well concealed in the trunk of your 68 old. So let me, so I believe that it sounds like they got away with it. Yeah. They got away with the crime legally. This is just my, my supposition here. And yet it drove them crazy because they did get away with it. And, you know, they're not, they're not rotting in jail in two different jails. They're together at insane. Yeah. So imagine uh, four, I'm 14 years old and I hear this song. It, that's why I say it stood out. You know, the lyrics are pretty um, pretty insane, of course. No pun intended. But uh, <laughs> That is the intention. Let me talk about the video. Jim, you found the video of Bruce Roberts playing for Alice Cooper yeah. uh, while, while Bernie is right there, co-writer. And uh, it's just amazing. Uh, I want our listeners to go and listen to that and just uh, look up Millie and Billy on YouTube. You see something from uh, a video from 1978 or 79. And uh, it's just amazing to, uh, you know, Alice is chewing on a pen. He won't stop chewing on that pen. Oh, I didn't even notice the whole, that. Oh, you didn't, that was in his mouth. And he's, oh, yeah. Okay. And he's really thinking very hard while while uh, Bruce Roberts is, is playing. And I checked out Bruce Roberts. He's been uh, throughout the decades doing... Uh, piano and synth uh, pop and other ballads and stuff. Mm-hmm. A great songwriter wrote this song and, and many others. They're presenting it there and there's there's definitely lots of humor there going on. And uh, as soon as they are done presenting it and Alice makes the first comment, he says, just very quickly, just immediately says, quote, a song my mom used to hum to me when I couldn't get to sleep at night. I just yeah. thought that, end quote, I just thought that was so funny, and he's picturing it, and he says, this is really a song that you're writing for stage. He says, this mm-hmm. is, is, we're not writing it from, from the music up, we're, I'm writing this for stage, because I'm picturing, he's basically yeah. saying, I'm picturing myself singing this duet with this mm-hmm. female on stage, yeah. so he can picture that. Bruce says, well, it started out much more tame. There wasn't a reference to scissors and guns, and then Bernie, co-writer, says, well, that's what you call the meeting of three sick minds. Mm-hmm. 
And Bernie, um, don't think he had, you know, I don't consider him a sick-minded person. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you look at all of Elton John's songs and so many that Bernie has written, it's, it's solid, amazing songs. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to contact Marcy. Mm-hmm. Also known as Marcella Detroit yeah. at the time. And also, um, one other thing, she was in a band in the 90s, um, Shakespeare Sister. They had a hit song with the song Stay, so that's her singing. That's uh, popularity in early 90s, I believe. Yeah. 91, 92, it went to 93. number one in mm-hmm. the UK. Yeah, great. And she was kind enough, uh, after I told her we'd be talking about this song, to record something for us, talking about um, her time in the studio with Alice. So we're going to play that now. Let's hear Marcella in her own words. Hello there. This is Marcella Detroit, a.k.a. Marcy Levy. How's everyone? I hope you're okay in these mad times. Wish it would stop. But anyway, here we are. So I'm excited to be on the podcast today with the guys. They asked me about my involvement with the Alice Cooper track, Millie and Billy, and how that came about. Well... In the late 70s, I moved to Los Angeles. It was right near the end of my working with Eric Clapton the first time. And I started doing a lot of vocal backing, vocal session work. Anyway, my label, RSO Records, who put out the Clapton stuff, they put me together with David Foster to ask him to produce some tracks on me for a possible album. Well, we worked on that for a bit. We never put the album out, um, but I ended up still doing a lot of work with David. He'd call me to do loads of session work with lots of different artists and singers like Daryl Hall of Hall and & Oates and, and Bill Champlin of Sons of Champlin who went on to work with Chicago. Anyway, um, one day I get a call from David saying, Hey, Marcy, would you like to come and sing a duet with Alice Cooper? And of course, I jumped at the chance. I mean, I grew up in Detroit, so I used to go see Alice Cooper all the time whenever he played in the Detroit area. I'm pretty sure he's from Detroit. Um, I used to see him play all the time, any chance I got. I loved what he was doing. I loved how rebellious he was. And uh, so I, I, I went to the studio, and they started playing me this song. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> Literally singing about these this love affair between these two mentally ill people in, in a mental institution about talking about murdering somebody when she goes oh billy <laughs> it was it was really a lot of fun and alice when i met him he was just so cool i'd never met him before but he was just so cool he was so down to earth um at one point i heard him and david talking about playing golf which I thought was unusual. Um, I mean, I had never played golf before, and I never knew that rock and roll stars did, but, you know, that was wrong of me, I guess, to generalize and have assumptions. But, you know, they were yakking away about playing golf and being on the green and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was, like, I'm just singing a song with this icon, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Um, It went really well, really easy. Alice had already done his part, so I just added my vocals to it, and and that was it. And it was a fantastic experience. I hope that answers your questions. Thank you so much for including me. Lots of love. Bye. Expected systems are allergic 
Dr. Garnick. You think I'm one of them? You will be. It's a perfectly good brain, Doctor. Well, you ought to know. It came from your own laboratory. Okay, so we have our next segment. We are going to be talking about our top five horror films. And I have a special guest with me, Darren Alk. Hi, guys. How we doing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm at home already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike is here. He's... Creeping behind me. <laughs> How you doing, everybody? This is Mike. So these aren't in any uh, particular order. Top five. Yeah. That's a tough one. I'm a list maker, but here's... For me, it's a little tricky because I think about the old ones. Like growing up with seeing like Nosferatu, mm -hmm. the silent movie from the 20s with Max Schreck. That was a favorite uh, the original Phantom of the Opera, of course, with Lon Chaney Sr. And, of course, uh, I'm 59, you know, grew up in the 60s and the 70s. So when I was a kid, what we had was, you know, like the Universal Monsters, mm -hmm. of course, Dracula, Frankenstein. I find the old black and white films yeah. creepier. Yeah, than some of the and, and they're just beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, you know as an artist, I... I as I got older and a little more knowledgeable, you get to the point where you see the black and white work and you're just like, oh, my God, that's just mm -hmm. gorgeous. You yeah. know, it's it's an art. Uh, as far as the old, of course, Freaks, which uh, was a phenomenal film. Uh, again, Todd Browning, I believe it was. It was actually banned because they actually used, you know, real people oh, yeah. with actual physical problems. Uh -huh. And, you know, that... Uh, House on Haunted Hill, I think the original was uh, Vincent Price. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean, I could list movies forever and ever. Um, then I think about, oh, Carnival of Souls is uh, an old black and white movie that I definitely recommend. It's, it's creepy as hell. Drowns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, just creepy as hell. Mm -hmm. You know, it still holds up. It still delivers. Let's see. Well, one that um, really stands out. It was the first horror film I ever saw, and it was Frankenstein. It's a perfectly good brain, Doctor. Well, you ought to know. It came from your own laboratory. And I remember my dad was... He had it on TV. I was um, about four years old, and I was hiding behind the recliner. And I don't know. I, I still like watching that it's you know classic mm -hmm. universal monster film i have some facts about the movie upon its release um in what they called pre-code hollywood where there weren't ratings for movies there's one scene in the movie that was uh edited out and it's in which the monster accidentally drowns a girl called maria and it was deemed too upsetting Edited version saw the creature approach Maria after their shared time throwing flowers into the lake, watching them float, and then it cuts to a scene which showed Maria's father carrying her corpse through town. The edited version actually makes the scene seem worse in hindsight because 
when he threw her in the water, he actually, I don't know what kind of expressions, you know, Frankenstein could do, but it actually seemed like he actually um, knew that it was wrong. I remember, I remember that scene especially because, you know, yeah, we, uh, my age saw it on TV also, uh, probably we were, uh, grew up down in Georgia. So we had shock theater with Dr. Shock and Dingbat was the uh-huh. host <laughs> up here. You guys probably had Zachary or yeah, Zachary. Okay. Zachary. Theater. And, um, that scene, I remember not seeing the uncut film until like I was a teenager. But yeah, you're yeah. you're exactly right because the way they cut away thinking it would make it, I don't know, less horrific. Yeah. Just just like you said, it it made you wonder like you had no idea exactly how Frankenstein killed the oh, yeah. the monster killed yeah. the girl. Cuz he saw the girl know? throwing the flowers mm-hmm. in the lake. So he thought I pick up the child and throw her in there. Yeah. And she, and, and she drowned. And in the scene that they put back in where, you know, he was like a kid uh, with her and he, he looked down, the flowers are all gone. Mm-hmm. And you could tell just from, you know, Karloff's acting, his expression, yeah. he looked down at her like, well, she's like a flower. Yeah. You know, and then he reaches for, and there was a couple other cuts, like for a long time, they didn't show on TV where he actually threw her in the water, Okay, which wasn't much better. Yeah. You know, you still wondered exactly how yeah. bad it well, got. Well, I think, the, new, I think the DVD versions have the yeah the cut scene. Right. I think the, the unknown is even worse because yep. you imagine all the other things he could have done to her other than picked her up and threw her in the water. Mm-hmm. So, and some yeah. of the, some of those earlier movies, maybe it would, you know, it, it might've been accidental, but they, they left a lot to your imagination, right. mm-hmm. uh, whether it was because of censorship or just, they knew that's how the human mind worked. Uh, that always works better, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Frankenstein, 1931 film, and movies after that, he did not speak. But in the novel by Mary Shelley, he spoke. It says, almost almost immediately after his creation, he dresses himself, and within 11 months, he can speak and read German and French. We. Oui. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> can you imagine someone looking like Frankenstein? Yeah, I, re- I remember, um, well, I was a fairly dedicated, voracious reader when I was younger. Now, of course, when it was written, that was a tough read. You know, when yeah. you're like a teenager or younger. That, it's oof. a short novel, too. I think it's yeah. like 200 and some pages. But, um, yeah, completely different. Uh, and, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that it's almost like two completely different stories. And I read that they might have done that because of copyright and to not make it exactly like the novel at the time. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. And he did speak in Abbott and Costello. <laughs> he he <laughs> <Right>. says master. <laughs> so he could form a word. Yeah, because yeah, in the original, um, maybe not the original, maybe in Bride of Frankenstein, the second one, mm-hmm. was when he uh, came upon the hermit and learned... You know, like good okay, and yeah. smoke good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. 
And I was always intrigued to how this, you know, Mary Shelley and her husband was um, Percy Shelley mm -hmm. and their friend, Lord Byron. Uh, they were trapped indoors uh, because of the weather. It was 1816. And they passed the time telling and writing ghost stories. And that was one story I guess she had been thinking about, you know, creating a person out of different parts. And she didn't write the entire, you know, novel then. Right. But she was 20 years old. Yeah. When she wrote Amazing, that. Amazing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that, uh, as far as I know, that wasn't hype. That was actually how it came about. Like you said, it was like a gathering. They yeah. were just kind of hanging out and telling stories. And she, you know, that was the origins of probably the greatest horror story of all time. And then one other thing, and I was, I thought this was kind of weird. In Kansas, they requested the cutting of 32 scenes. Wow. Which, if, which, <laughs> which if they removed, would have cut literally half of the film. <laughs> so eventually an edited version was released in Kansas. And in Ireland, the film was banned on February 5th, 1932 for being demoralizing and unsuitable for children or nervous people. <laughs> so, checking your at the door. Well, uh, don't come in. If, uh, if I remember correctly, I believe it was the original Frankenstein was the first one to use the... It's, it's normally attributed to, like, William Castle, who used to okay. do these gimmicks for his movies. Mm -hmm. And I used to think for the longest time that he was the one that started that we have a nurse at the box office. And if we we would oh, yeah. recommend you buy an insurance policy. Well, I read an article not too long ago that um, they actually did that for Frankenstein back yeah. in, you know, 31, which they kind of started that whole hustle. You know? Yeah, they give you a little um, a warning. Yeah. Oh, here and, it is. Yeah, this guy stepped from behind a curtain to break the fourth wall and deliver a brief caution to the audience. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> talking to my mom about it. You know, she, they went to the movie theater when it first came out. Uh, she lived in North Dakota, and she said it just it just <laughs> scarred her for yeah. life, you know. And I think comparatively, you know, younger people or people today, they might watch some of those old movies and like, oh, this is so hokey. But back then, that was like The Exorcist in the well, 70s. That just freaked small people children, out. I think if they, like, like I said, when I was like four, mm -hmm. I couldn't have been older than four. And I didn't know what this was, you know, it was on the TV and it was, you know, seeing Frankenstein, yeah. never, you know, being four years old. And, um, you know, even then, I think some kids, I don't know if they still think that there's people inside the TV, you know, when you're like <laughs> right, little. Right. So, right. Seeing, it, seeing it as reality some, and not something other than reality made up. Yeah. They're seeing it as reality. So. And I probably had Scary. some nightmares. No, I'm right with you because yeah. the Frankenstein monster was, to me, that was that was the nightmare boogeyman. You know, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. For me, and, it was, You know, Dracula was scary, yeah. but he was almost... 
too human to be. He wasn't in Frankenstein, the the Monsters League. <laughs> the Mummy. He was kind of boring because he shuffled. I'm like, even as a kid, you're <laughs> you like, get away from well, that. hell, I can run away from that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? But the original Phantom of the Opera, the unmasking scene, oof, that that yeah. messed me up. You know, that was that was terrifying. So you want me to go on to my next one? Sure, sure. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen this one, but I'm a, I'm a big uh, Vincent Price fan. So this was 1964, Last Man on Earth. Oh, yeah. Infected systems are allergic to garlic. You think I'm one of them? You will be. Now, this was written by uh, Richard Matheson, mm-hmm. who, it was, uh, the book was called I Am Legend, which, that's the movie with, you know, Will Smith. They kept the title for that one, but that was the third. Let's not mention that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, he wrote... 15 Twilight Zone episodes, mm-hmm. including Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. And um, I think he was born in New Jersey. That's I'm what sure. I remember. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Um, I want to say Allerton, uh, New Jersey. That's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> my, my memory, good luck. But I, I think, yeah. yeah. But that that's a classic. I'm the same way. Like, Vincent Price had to see everything he was in, yeah. whether it was... Uh, campy or not mm-hmm. and that was absolutely terrifying and I remember yeah. being a kid and it's like the the afflicted people mm-hmm. they weren't quite vampires no. they weren't they quite slow. zombie you, they, you weren't I think part of the talk. terror was you didn't really you <laughs> really they were. you didn't know what they yeah. were but yeah now my wife was a big fan of this movie before I even heard of it but we're talking you know many years ago and and the DVD I have, I don't know if there's a better copy mm-hmm. um, of it, but it's it's pretty grainy. But that makes it more frightening, I think. Now, Richard Matheson, he wrote, when he wrote the screenplay, now, at first when I read this, I thought that someone else wrote the screenplay and he didn't like it, but he wrote it and didn't like it. And oh, he was okay. chosen to be credited as Logan Swanson. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. That's a cool little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then they went on to make, uh, you know, the Omega Man, which I think is pretty similar to yeah. this one. Yeah. Uh, and they they go back to the uh, original characters named Robert Neville, because in Last Man on Earth, his name's Morgan. Okay. Or his last name's Morgan. And then Will Smith plays Robert Neville in I Am Love. Oh, okay. So I don't know why they changed the name. Well, Richard Matheson had to change the name of the... Yeah. Now I I don't mean to slam the um, the newer version. I've only seen parts. No, of it. I don't. So like, I, I don't like the Will Smith. Yeah, and, and I have not seen the Omega Man. Now Omega Man, uh, Charlton Heston was the lead. Yeah, and um, especially I'm guessing mid seventies, he was more of like your action hero up against yeah. the afflicted. Oh, okay. yeah. You know. Where Vincent Price was more like a scientist. I guess Charlton yeah. Heston was also a scientist, but he was well, he was, he ar- was muy macho. Well, he was an army colonel mm-hmm. and scientist right. in the movie. Yeah. So, like like we said, they turn into zombie-like vampires. It's weird because the vampire aspect, the only thing in the movie is the garlic. Uh, they're afflicted by... And they don't really... You don't really see them sucking people, <laughs> people's yeah. blood. Or, yeah, yeah. They sleep during the day, but he Morgan goes out during the day, right? 
and he's looking for these people. But when he approaches them, they wake up. They like so kinda, yeah. There so were a lot like of a, the tropes there. So they're not sleeping very deeply. Um, and he makes his own wooden stakes. So this is going on for three years when the movie starts. And there's some there's things that are questionable with the gasoline. <laughs> right. Gasoline right. will only I don't know if you know like how long gasoline lasts. I don't know. Maybe a year. That. Yeah, and then it would probably So go. this is three years. Mm-hmm. And he's still, I think he's got a generator in his house or something. And there's this big tanker truck um, outside the city where he fills up uh, gas cans. And that's how he lights this pit on fire. Oh, he keeps yeah, the fire yeah. going. Because I haven't seen this he's, one. He's in stabbing so the long. bodies and throwing them in the pit. <laughs> and this is what the government was doing before he started doing it. And then there's a discussion between him and his friend. That you, you have a flashback. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of arguing, like maybe we would argue today about the uh, the virus that's got between a scientist and I don't know what position the other guy. <laughs> and they're showing it'll a, go away when it gets yeah, warmer. They're showing a newspaper, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's come to the United States at that point. Um, it's killed a hundred so far in Europe, and they're concerned about it. Right. So. <laughs> and then the creepiest thing, his friend. That his friend shows up, he's one of the vampire zombie, and and he chants Morgan, you know, and and they're beating oh, yeah. the house with pieces of wood, you know. There's like wood, there's wood, random wood out there. Yeah, and not and it, if I remember, it, it wasn't even like they were necessarily trying to break in. They were just yeah, you know, well, that was in the script. Hell. Beat on the house with wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the most intriguing is this woman that shows up. And at first he thinks he's, she's one of them, but she has the virus, but she, someone's developed a serum that keeps it at bay. And then towards the end of the movie, he, or a little bit later, he, he figures out to mix his blood with the serum. And then right, right. he puts the garlic up to her face, and she's no longer nauseous, which she said she would... It makes her nauseous. That's oh, what she see, I'd forgotten that the bushels connection. of garlic. Yeah, and then the garlic. He goes to the grocery store, and he goes in the back, a back room, and there's like three bushels of garlic. <laughs> now it's been three years. <laughs> like I think it would be more interesting if he was growing garlic. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. you find three bushels. And he takes well, he's like, a scientist. Couldn't he figure out how to somehow make fuel out of garlic? Never mind. I'm stretching yeah. it here. I'm reaching. Okay. <laughs> so, I, so I won't give away the ending, but that's one of my favorites. I like to watch that around this time. And think about like Matheson's story, uh, you know, in the films, uh, how many hits owe to that? Like, I mean, come on, Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of these things are the same. I mean, I know that some cynical people say that there's only so many plots out mm-hmm. there, but... Yeah, hopefully they credit him for pretty much a genre, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So my next film is Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) That's that's one of That's a favorite. Um, I think of it as like horror comedy, even though there is some really horrific stuff in it. And was that 1960? 
Was that 60s? Um, 1969? First there was Night of the Living yeah. Dead, which was, of course, the, the start of it all, the black and white in Pennsylvania. Yeah, this was the second. And that's the sequel that got... It had a lot... It, it's a great movie. I mean, it's, yeah. it's funny, it's horrible, it's... Well, I think the it's one effects of the are just popular ones yeah. in the series. It is campy. And it had some great... Uh, commentary about just like consumerism mm -hmm. and how people are it's it's brilliant yeah good choice well i was amazed there's a scientist that well let's start from the beginning they it starts out in a tv station uh with a reporter francine and i think it's her boyfriend no i don't think that's her i think it's her friend steven and he's he's got a helicopter I don't know where he got this helicopter. Or maybe it's the news helicopter. I think probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he wants to get out of it. There's chaos going on in a TV station. They're on live TV. Two guys are arguing with each other. I don't know if one is, you know, a scientist. Or, <laughs> but we're arguing about this, this plague that's taken another plague. But now, later on in the... I'm going to jump to the towards the end, but... Um, they're watching, there's, there's still broadcasts going on. I don't know how long that they, well, right. let me get to the, they take the helicopter and they find a mall. So that's why I like this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If there's a zombie apocalypse, mm -hmm. you're going to, the mall, think about it. And this is a big mall. This was actually filmed in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, the mall is still there. And I think people go there just because uh -huh. this movie was filmed there. So the mall was open. I read the. I don't know if this is a typo. It said the mall was open from six a.m. to ten p.m. I don't see a mall opening at six. So they would film while the mall was closed. So this was a working mall. Yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine setting up. Now they have all night, and That's they had when they motorcycles film. going yeah. through there and everything else. Yeah, the yeah. car. Yeah. I don't think they smashed up too too many things. I don't think so, but. You know, things are, if that, something's thrown in the fountain there, or they, they have to clean all this up, make sure it's, you know, you don't want any, uh, you know, dummy bodies. But yeah, that low budget, I mean, that's yeah. that's how they had to operate. Yeah. The, the cast, or the extras, who are the zombies, they would, like, go out. At, I don't know if they were in their, they probably weren't in their makeup, but they would go out at night and get drunk. And are they so they had improve, to deal with improve the zombie act? Yeah, someone stole a golf cart and did like seven thousand dollars worth of damage, so they were out a little out of it. But they, I also read they got paid a dollar a day and some donuts, so maybe they were angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that one, um, when I got more into like really analyzing these things that's probably the first time i saw tom savini's makeup work yeah and now he's and one he's of the masters the right mm -hmm. well he it's funny because he's a zombie in one scene it's really short they drive a truck into him and you see a blood splatter on the windshield he actually spit blood onto the windshield <laughs> <laughs> and then he's also in the motorcycle gang Yep. At the end of the yep. movie. Mm -hmm. So he's a zombie first, and then he's... I mean, you might not notice it's the same person. Mm -hmm. And he's the makeup guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. He also did the stunts. They, it was such low budget, they had to do their own stunts. 
And he falls into, I think he falls into the fountain. He falls over the rail. And they said he hurt his back and his legs. And he had to ride around in a golf cart. For and, like he, and he still had to do the makeup work. Yeah, and he still had to yeah. work on the movie. He, um, real nice guy. If you get the chance to meet yeah. him at the shows, yeah, well, he's a great guy. Back in the yeah. 90s. And Chile. I guess he's got like a, um, I know he's got, I'm pretty sure he's still got a school up and running. And I just saw um, a clip of a show that he's got like a little museum okay. out by where he lives, which I shouldn't have brought it up. I don't know where that is, but well, he's got to live in New Jersey, yeah, Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania and he's been at it'd Schiller be easy to look up, but I think they still yeah. do tours and he does have a school that's running currently. Yeah. He's like a special, not special effects, but like a makeup, you know, with the creature and like in Friday the 13th, the first one, Jason yeah. comes out of the water he like created that. Yeah, that was one of his. create babies. masks, and <laughs> and the other funny thing is the there was a photo booth in the mall, and they <laughs> can see it. And the people in their zombie makeup would go in there, and they replaced those outside photos with the photos of. Them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I remember, cool. you know, pretty young when I saw that the first time when it first came out. And the scene, no big spoiler here. The scene really bothered me because. These bikers are fighting these zombies, all hell's breaking loose. And they stop to go and get in the picture booth thing and take okay. pictures <laughs> while all this stuff yeah. is. I'm like, well, Come also on, the pie yeah. fight. Oh, We're not yeah, making this yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. They're throwing pies in the faces of the zombies. <laughs> like, right. not sure. Like, was there a bakery nearby? I mean, this, you know, <laughs> in the mall. <laughs> yeah, but where are they getting all the pies from? Some funny scenes. Yeah, it, it gets a little. There's silly. a hockey rink or skating rink, and they're caught in the net of the hockey. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they're falling in the fountain. Then there's a thing with all of with mannequins. One of them throws a mannequin off the balcony. Another one's looking at the mannequin. Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Like, Should I, I eat this? Like it's half, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's half of a mannequin. Right, right. Yeah. A little tough. The meat's a little tough. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely on my recommended list. It's a blast. Yeah. You, know? you, speak, you speak about it being campy or horror humor. I mean... In the mid '90s, I went with my friend to see Shaun of the Dead. So, what's, what's up with that? I mean, is, yeah. it, is it? It's totally a spoof of it, correct? It, um, or or is it related to it? It's not related. Well, to you it. know what? Maybe inspired. I mean, not to yeah. speak for the filmmakers, mm -hmm. but I don't it really mix comedy with yeah. Guitar. Right. But I was wondering how Shaun of the Dead relates to Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it's gotta be. Inspired, yeah. By, yeah, inspired because by because yeah. Dawn of the Dead yeah, was probably the mom. first one that yeah. well it was definitely fun was I remember wacky. I remember laughing yeah oh yeah that's a great movie too yeah and um you know they did a uh, an updated version of Dawn of the Dead uh, it was in a mall mm -hmm. I forget what year probably around it was in the nineties yeah nineties or early two thousands yeah, and that wasn't uh satirical or humorous at all i oh, mean that okay. was yeah. that was some serious Horror. nightmare fuel yeah yeah that was that was a scary movie that was pretty good you know dawn of the dead has there's a story too between the characters and there's between the uh you know humor and mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so my next one i love friday the 13th movies i've seen about everyone 
And there's all twenty six of them, or there. <laughs> I'm kidding. There are. You're probably you're not far. There, no, there's like there's twelve. Wow. And they're I supposed to do. I'm waiting for third because Friday the third. They should skip thirteen. Now that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There would be there would be horror. There would be horror nerd riots in the yeah. streets. Yeah. You know? So this, and nerd isn't a bad thing, okay? No, no. I pride myself being a nerd. All right. So this is also campy. Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. From 1989. <laughs> That's so this, hilarious. And this is, I don't think, it's not meant to be funny, but it's got cheesy 80s. It's 80s, right? Mm-hmm. The 80s. Definitely even, dated. Even yeah. starts off with, you know, some cheesy 80s music. The opening scene they show New York, typical 80s man gets robbed, and there's an alley with a barrel of green slime. (laughs) So there's just barrels of green slime back in the 80s. Well, you know, there there wasn't much in the way of the EPA, so, you know, yeah, you could just dump toxic waste anywhere. You see a rat climbing out of the barrel. Yeah, that's real, Mm -hmm. So then I counted the kills in this movie. It's it's counted about kills. it's twenty, so Jason is pretty busy in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot more people. It's yeah, yeah, there's some, yeah, you know. And there's some interesting you weapons. You don't have to walk as far, you yeah. know. And there's some interesting weapons in this movie. Uh the first one is a harpoon that he uses. Are you serious? And you know, whenever these horror movies back in the eighties you know, a couple was about to get it on. That's when oh, yeah. the killer shows up. Right. And this one starts, Jason is, uh, first of all, they, they throw the anchor off the boat and it hits an electrical cable. This is at Crystal Lake. And and it recharges oh, Jason. Oh, that's how it, re- yeah, yeah, that's how he, re- they, to me, they all blend together. So I can't so remember. So this was a weird one because you have the couple in the beginning and I guess they're with this graduating class that's supposed to go on a trip to New York on mm-hmm. a cruise ship, right? So they don't make it, of course. Uh, Jason somehow finds this cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know where near Crystal Lake, you know, you could take a cruise ship. Uh, well, you know, you, yeah. you got to have a really good travel. I don't know agent. where they're going from, too. <laughs> you know, Crystal Lakes is, well, it was filmed in New Jersey, the first mm-hmm. one. So, so you have everything in this movie. You got this crazy guy who keeps warning them about Jason. Uh, he says, this voyage is doomed. He's come back and you're all going to die. He just comes out of nowhere. He's one of the deckhands. Well, back then, so you you'll always see him every had, once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always had to have that doomsayer yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. You you're know. all going to die. You're the last ones. And nobody believes him. And then you have the, the main character, this biology teacher. And he's pretty, like, he doesn't swear. He's pretty. His niece is, on, is one of the students. And her boyfriend is the captain's son on the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So most of the students are end up being killed, right? And the best one is this is the best weapon. This there's this girl her name's JJ Jarrett. That's her character name, and she wants to be a rock star. Of course, she, she kind of has a maybe the Joan Jet hair. Yeah, yeah, from, JJ Joan Jet. Yeah, and she's killed with her pink flying V guitar. Ha <laughs> ha! 
she, yeah. <laughs> he like, I think he stabs her with it. But she, but you gotta she give her credit. She goes below deck to like with her amp, and she's down there rocking, and Jason's down there. But you know what? You gotta give her credit for being a dedicated musician yeah, because yeah. she had her guitar and her amp with her, yeah. even though they were on, on this cruise. cruise. I'm taking yeah. my PV yeah. amp. It weighs sixty-five pounds, but I'm gonna bring it with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, they don't get to New York until an hour into the movie. And it's called Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm. So yeah. most of the movie, I don't know how long, maybe that movie's an hour and 40 Probably minutes. an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, hour 40. So yeah. more than half of the movie is not in New York. They finally realize that, oh, actually the boat catches on fire. So they, they go on the uh, a lifeboat and they row <laughs> until they get to, they see the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah. And there's four people on the boat, including a dog. The dog's name is Toby. I think he's a border collie. <laughs> right? And they're all asleep, and they're, and they're even rowing. They're, like, so tired until they see the Statue of Liberty. That regenerates them, you know, mm -hmm. reinvigorates them. Mm -hmm. So now Jason somehow swam and followed them. Because right after they get up on the dock and they start walking, you see Jason come out of the water. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Now he has this obsession with Rennie, her name is, because when she was a little girl, probably like four years old or something, her uncle, who is the biology teacher, he took her out on a boat and he's telling her she needed to learn how to swim and he throws her in the water. That's how he teaches it, sort of like my dad did. Yeah, yeah. yeah my dad did too. Same here. And a young Jason tries to grab her leg. So Jason kind of know, knows her. So then... They're a minute in New York, and they're already they're, they meet up with some thugs who are trying to rob them. Yeah, well, that happened to me when I was in eighth grade. I was yeah. there. I was there just for five, five, ten minutes. You know, we got lectured, and uh, we all let, were let loose in eighth grade. Yeah, and um, yeah, I got robbed, robbed right away. You know, it can happen. Well, the seventies was <laughs> yeah a tough time. Yeah. This is probably uh probably seventy nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're they're being robbed, and 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 Rennie. Um, some guy wants to, you know, get it on with her and he, he's got a needle for some reason. <laughs> I swear he says that it's, it's has cocaine in it and he's trying to inject her. <laughs> yeah. It's not one of so the So Jason comes out of nowhere and you never see Jason save anybody and he grabs the guy and he jams the needle into, I don't know, his chest or something. And he kills him and then she, I guess she runs off. So he was saving somebody. Yeah. This so time. now they find a cop. I won't go into the whole thing. Rennie sees a young Jason and crashes the cop car. But there's there's three people in the back seat. And there's this woman, Colleen. I think she's the math teacher. Mm -hmm. She did, she's You can't see her in the back seat, and they all get out. So that it's implied that she died in the car fire. But I swear, she they had already taken her out of the car. You know, this is like a she, film flub. She got know? fired or she she yeah. quit. She goes, yeah. that, no, she was that whole cocaine gang thing was so damn stupid. I quit. And no, they, they just had to write around her. Yeah. No, she was in the back of the police car. Okay. You see her, right? And then the car crashes and you can see them getting out of the car and she she's not even in the car mm -hmm. unless she fell under the seat or something. <laughs> so and then the other there's actually a little bit of comedy 
Violent comedy? It sounds like the whole thing is... Yeah. You've never seen this? I saw years ago. Yeah. yeah, I blotted it out of my. So memory. this other guy Julius, who he take, who knows where he he takes off right after they get there. He's on a rooftop now with Jason, and he's punching him in his face mask. You know the hard face. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, just yeah. punching him, and he tires himself out. And Jason's you know just standing there, in front, and he says, "Give it your best shot, mf'er." And Jason hauls off and he knocks his head off. Yeah. And his head goes flying into a dumpster and then the dumpster lid closes. Well, yeah. you know, Jason was coked up. He was, yeah. you know, he's mellow. And, and then uh, Charles, he meets his demise. He's thrown out a window. He doesn't die, though. And then Jason takes him and picks him up and dumps him head first into that barrel of green slime. Unless it's another barrel. Now, that should be the origin yeah. for the next monster movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there were all these barrels of green slime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, eventually, Rennie and, and Sean, they're the only ones left. Jason, eventually, if anyone <laughs> wants to watch this, I won't tell you what happens. <laughs> yeah, let's not spoil this one. <laughs> but first of all, Sean, Sean, early on on the boat, his father, the captain, is killed. Like, they're, they're unfazed by... And they're just taking in New York mm-hmm. now. And then all of a sudden, the dog shows up at the end of the movie. Like, he's yeah. been running around New York. <laughs> <laughs> so. But I, well, I don't know why. I, I just, I like that that one. No, I, I remember that one being goofy, kind of like um, Leprechaun in the Hood, I, mean, there's a I lot think, was on. one of those that no, was no. very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you got to get, I got to give... The original Friday the 13th, I remember seeing that in the theater. I think, you know, yeah. I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary, that's a good yeah. movie. Yeah. Some of the sequels are, you know, sure, it gets a little over the top. And there was the, we did go the see the space. one in 3D. I remember going oh, yeah. to see 3D yeah. in the theaters. Which and, was a uh, hoot, you it, know. Yeah, it was. Things are just coming out into, yeah. when, they're, when they're coming out into the theater at you, that was, that was yeah. impressive. Well, they put out a DVD with the 3D glasses yeah which was which was awful because they couldn't it would give you a headache yeah it, that's a tough way and to i just sold that recently because i got there's a set with i think the first eight movies of friday the 13th. oh man i as much as i love horror movies i gotta bail out on that series after well, a while this was number i want to say this was number nine because i think the next one he's in space yeah. Jason X. Yeah, they gave him like a cyborg. 300 years They later. gave him like a oh, cyborg update. Later. Yeah. And then Jason versus Freddy. You know. <laughs> that. I'm a, I'm a sucker for those where yeah. they team Take, up, yeah, where they yeah. fight each other. Yeah. Like, you know, talking about the Universal Monster movies mm-hmm. when, oh my, Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. I, yeah. You know, I was in heaven, yeah. even though the fight Spoiler alert, yeah. uh, the fight was a bit of a ripoff. But um, the the Freddy versus Jason thing, there was a, a friend of mine says... That was way over A friend time. of mine who, I'm, you know, I'm not a tough critic, but like my buddy says, he goes, there was a good movie in there somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there, there was some neat stuff yeah. that could have been cool, but yeah. eh, it didn't quite <laughs> happen, you know. Oh, as as far as the um, Jason movies, I think it started with the old Fangoria magazine, which is probably still some kind of site online. 
and they had a, I remember seeing a printed graph of every movie, every kill. Mm-hmm broken down into like what weapon was like every single one imaginable you know it's practically an encyclopedia i imagine yeah okay now the next movie mike might be able to yeah we'll see we'll see is it oh yes yes now this is i'm talking about the uh the new one I like the original. The original was a TV yeah. miniseries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the book was terrifying. The miniseries was pretty cool. Right. Uh, I, read, I read the book. Jim, you turned me on to it. And mm-hmm. uh, a long book, especially for mm-hmm. me. Uh, but the way that King just develops the characters, I was so impressed. And I was, I was really immersed in it. I mean, I was there. I was there. Yeah. Uh, it was thrilling. Now, the, now, this was in two parts. And this because, is the, this is the most recent it. Yeah, because yeah, okay. the the mini series was you know mini series. I don't know how many episodes, six or eight. So I you, think you it have ended two up being parts, like eight hours or something. Because you have two parts, you know, to the story is when they're kids. There are like um, seven kids that all hang out, and it's uh, the mini series was nineteen ninety. And you, I guess it takes place, each, the miniseries takes place probably in the 90s. It doesn't really, I don't know, it's hard to tell. Like, because um, yeah. when they're adults, you don't know, if, you know, if it's supposed to take place like earlier, 60s, 70s, I, I don't remember. I, I kind of remember it being like, not necessarily time stamped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like when they were, you know, the later, the, the scenes, uh, I guess would be considered current day when they were adults. Yeah. Seemed pretty current for the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know. So when this book came out, um I know Mike mm-hmm. Mike probably might be the only Stephen King book you read. Except for short stories. But we had so. an obsession with, you know, seeing clowns and <laughs> And we'd send each other in the mail pictures of clowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would they would appear. This was before all the, you know, nationwide sighting yeah, clowns yeah. and stuff. They, they... We were at Wildwood one time, we were under the boardwalk, uh trying to get trying to see loose change. Yeah, 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 find and, loose change. And there was someone up above yelling balloons. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was in a clown costume or you didn't sure. want to know. So as we moved about, you know, he kind of followed us. It's like, there he is again. What's he doing above us? Yeah. So this is this is what I found pretty cool. I mean, this I think it probably just worked out that this came out in 2017. Because in this story, um, Pennywise, he was called Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Mm-hmm. He is awakened every 27 years to feed on children. So the last film was in 1990. And the new film came out 27 years later. Yeah, I think that was planned. Yeah, Yeah. I think that was definitely planned. Got to look for 27. So the movie's basically about um, people facing their fears, uh, which, you know, Pennywise... Yeah, he was like a a demonic entity that could become just about anything and fed off of fear. And yeah, Mm -hmm. great monster. I mean... Yeah. You know, right up there with the classics. Mm-hmm. Great character. And I think the one in the new one is, he's definitely a lot scarier. People had a problem with him being too scared because the whole thing is he's supposed to, um, you know, lure uh, children. Mm-hmm. So you want a clown that looks 
you know, goofy and not scares you right away. Yeah. Now, Tim Curry in the original, he was yeah. creepy looking. I mean, even yeah. without the fangs and whatnot. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. That's pretty dated now. But the movie, the movie, well, I don't tell what the, how the movie ends, I guess. But the ending was definitely different than the miniseries. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. I won't divulge anything, but the ending of the miniseries is pretty much reviled and takes a lot of crap and wasn't great in my own humble opinion. But Bill Skarsgård, he plays Pennywise and he he actually uh, um no prosthetics on the smile. I think he actually that's a creepy smile he has. <laughs> Yeah. So if you want scary to... looking character. <laughs> but it is pretty pretty scary. scary yeah, I, I did see the one that one, the more current one. I didn't see the second one yet. Yeah, I saw the second one. Maybe that'll be one of my Halloween treats for myself. So that does it. I think I covered my five movies. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking... I mean, I could come up with like 20 or more. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd mention like the old classics. I got yeah. some slightly newer ones if we got some yeah. time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking when you talked about, you know, the horror humor and such, you know, I'd have it even difficult, uh, difficult to come up with my top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have come up with some that I enjoy and uh, maybe they're not exactly horror, but uh, American Werewolf in London... Great movie. Creep Show 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and then Shaun of the Dead. But, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, we're there laughing at Friday the 13th, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the part that I like. I like to, even more than be scared, it's like, what is this scene trying to say? This is hilarious, you know? Right. And so um, I'm picturing American Werewolf in London when they're in the movie theater and talking you know, and their skin's falling off. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah that, so, you know, I, I just love that. That's film. a great movie. Yeah. yeah. John Landis. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it's different. It just seemed very there. different than the others mm-hmm. that I, yeah, good that choice. I don't like man. the real gory, you know, even, uh, the, the Friday 13th movies, are, there's blood, mm-hmm. but it's not like he's ripping out organs and eating them. And, yeah. 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 But what about creep show? I mean, you're there to laugh at, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love mean, creep show. Cause that's I saw, Stephen King. I believe I saw it with you. We went to see. Yeah. King. And there's what, like First four one. or five different stories. Yeah. And see that uh, Stephen King's in one of them. Yeah. And that, um, based on the old EC comics, I'm a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. So of course I knew they'd been trying to develop that for years. You know, when I was a kid, I was able to get reprints of the controversial comics that all those came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, The comics came out in the 40s and 50s, mainly the 50s. And all those films are, they're fantastic. You know, as a matter of fact, there is a uh, Creepshow TV show. I don't know if it's Hulu. It's one of them. It's good. I I saw like a couple different episodes just like the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. We it's worth checking out. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty cool. But the original, um, it didn't come out also in uh, like a novel. It was, I have the comic book, the Stephen King. And yeah. It's all illustrations. Cool. And it's pretty true to the the movie. Yeah. As far as the illustration. And they got one of the greatest um, storytellers slash illustrators, a guy named Bernie Wrightson. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. he's no longer with us, yeah. but 
Uh, he was one of the ones that co-created Swamp Thing okay. back in the comics in the 70s. I and think just he did brilliant, a brilliant Cycle of the Werewolf, stuff. too. Yep, there were illustrations. Yep, there you go. There. Great stuff. Yeah. He was a really good illustrator. Yeah. But um, as far as... Now, as far as Halloween goes, of course, the original Halloween and a couple of the sequels yeah. are huge favorites. Halloween was... Probably one of my favorites. I mean, everybody knows the story. Mm-hmm. I am one of the ones, I'm hardcore, and I do like the Rob Zombie take on it. Yeah. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point of making the same movie over again later on, so it's kind of cool for me. Uh, scariest movie of all time. It's not a Halloween-related thing, but The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm allowed to cuss on this, so I'll say it messed me up. <laughs> I remember going to see a movie uh, in the theaters when that was coming out. Knew nothing about it. You know, of course, mm-hmm. back in the 70s, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, even if you read the trades, there was, oh, yeah. you know, you went into every movie cold. And I forget what the movie was, but... I didn't know of... I knew the book existed because some of the kids in school... I was in like eighth grade, I think. And some of the kids were reading it and they're like, oh, this is scary, you know. And uh, But man, the previews came on for The Exorcist before the movie. Wow. I don't remember <laughs> what the hell the movie was. That yeah. The previews scarred me for life. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't... Uh, how can I put this? I wasn't ready to even see the movie until I was like in my 20s. It messed mm-hmm. me up. Now, I'm a few years younger than you, so I was probably about 10, mm-hmm. something like that, you know. Uh, and it was on TV. So it made its way to TV a few years, right. after, what, a few years after what you just said. I didn't know what it was that much about it, and I, my parents probably wouldn't let me watch it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was on and they went to bed or something. Yeah, I'll I'll never forget. That was, I believe, the scariest movie I'd ever seen as a child. Yeah, I yeah. to me, and that you know, everybody's got their own genres or situ. You know, some people it's ghosts, some people it's serial killers. They get you. They get you know, you. almost yeah. like real phobias, like spiders or yeah. ghosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, they're just. I mean, it's an unbelievably well-made film. Yeah. You know, above and beyond, but. There's just something about that girl being possessed that even the bad knockoffs like Beyond the Door scared the mm-hmm. crap out of me. I mean, there's just so now. I mean, it. And once I saw it that first time in my 20s, I'm like, OK, I saw that and I don't want to see it again. <laughs> and then I got to the point where I you were curious, being, a, you know, I, I draw stuff and I try to I'm writing my own books and comics and whatnot. So it's like. Well, you got to study the best. And now I can watch it and check mm-hmm. out the subliminals and air, the whole package. And I really enjoy, you know, on YouTube watching. It's always the first time sometimes oh, when you see man, something like that. Right. It yeah. just, you know, they're, I imagine everybody's seen them, but now they have the, uh, they replay the documentaries where they interview people who like mm-hmm. fainted in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, really? <laughs> so it's it's yeah. amazing. I mean, okay. it's cool because yeah. you see like life in the seventies in New York. Yeah. On top of how people reacted oh, when to that they come movie. out of the theater. Yeah, yeah, they're like oh, yeah, crying and yeah. freaking out. <laughs> yeah. If I would have saw that in the theater, I 
I wouldn't be here. I would I would have died. It's almost difficult, too difficult in 2020 now to to do that. Right. Probably in the theater. I I believe like the stories, the movies, the visuals get. You know, we get more and more jaded as an audience, yeah. especially if you're like a hardcore fan. Uh, it, I think it is scarier. Um, I don't remember the name of the YouTube channel, but there's these two guys. They're like probably 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And they it's it's all about them viewing these old movies that have a For reputation. Right. Yeah. And uh the boat the guys are likable and they're they seem pretty I did hear about it on the news, right. Yeah, they're pretty mm-hmm. they're pretty good with analyzing films. I, I sound like an old man. Oh, these two <laughs> these two punks are watching these movies and they're talking about them. But uh one of the them one of them was the Exorcist, and it, it's hilarious because they show their reactions yeah, yeah. throughout. You know the highlights, yeah. the the real well, tough I think scenes. Kids still can be scared. Oh you yeah, know. and you My could tell like they went into it like, oh, I've seen you know scary yeah. movie parried that. You know yeah. they think of it as almost like something to parody. Yeah. But man, you could tell they were shook yeah. up. You know the one that scared my son was Annabelle. Was that was scary the, stuff. The yeah, and that came out. What, good three, four years ago? Mm-hmm. So he would have been like 13. Yeah, yeah. So we've taken his friends, took them to see it. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff. Those are scary. But yeah. I, re- I remember showing my son The Birds, which isn't, I don't think it's that scary. I watched it on TV. And my son, and TV, I remember seeing it. And yeah, my yeah. son was like maybe 10 or 11, and he was laughing through the whole, because of the birds look so fake. Yeah. You know, he... It was not scary. Yeah, it, Why are they attacking? Yeah, it yeah. didn't. Well, that's just it. That that one hit me. Well, you know, yeah, I was, I'm like you. You know, I, I saw it as a kid on yeah. TV. But it, but exa- you're like, it, it really, of course, that yeah. was the hook. It, it yeah. really bothered you because you didn't know why this yeah. was yeah. happening. And it could happen because. It could ha- but it could happen know. to you. You could right. have a bird peck your eyes out. I yeah, mean, yeah. So, but uh, you you'd mentioned before, uh, Jim, as far as like. What, you know, do people get scared now? Mm-hmm. I think it, you know, most of the ones I brought up, it's like when you're a teenager. Like, though, that's when the movies really hit you because I think you're almost smart enough to kind of be mm-hmm. critical. But these days, I'm still, I, I still devour horror movies. I mean, currently, uh, I would recommend The Witch. It's kind of a quiet, creepy mm-hmm. film, but it's scary. Heredity is another one that it's scary. I mean, not like gore. I, I hate what they've dubbed torture porn. Mm-hmm. You know, like Saw. the hostile movies. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Saw, I can kind of get a kick out of the the game aspect. Did you hear, right, right, yeah. Did you but, hear about the new Saw? Um, I with Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> no, I'm not making this up. It's it, it gets better. It's Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And when I went to watch the trailer for it, in my mind was him saying something that <laughs> MFers, right? Well, there is they show in the trailer a scene. He's, he says, "I'm not playing game. I'm not playing no MFer games." 
<laughs> you guessed it. You got it, man. Yeah, that's me hitting the table. Yeah. That's great. See, yeah. that, that works. And I know? think they're detectives or police officers. Oh, and man. it's not called Saul. It's not like Saul 7 or whatever. Right, right. I forget what it's called now. Oh, that. that it's called Splinter or something like that. Well, anything sure. with Samuel L. Jackson on there. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that yeah. comes out next, I don't know, next March or April or yeah. around there. Nah, that, that sounds cool. So anything else, uh, Darren? Do you have anything else uh, uh, on the list? I I guess I would say honorable mentions, and this gets back to like the seventies. Poltergeist, I think, oh, still yeah. holds mm-hmm. up. You know, the effects. You know, I I know younger people check it out now. They're like, eh, that's not so great. Uh, the original Alien, yeah, yeah. the Alien movies oh, yeah. are, of course, wonderful. Um, Pet Cemetery, yeah. was a good mm-hmm. one, and that was. I thought that, the new that one was, was one. Yeah, that was yeah. really good, and uh, one of the one of Stephen King's best books, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, that pretty much took care of my list. I'm glad we got a chance to I talk about the, the Universal stuff because oh, yeah. that. Well, yeah, I love like Dracula. You can't go wrong with the classics. The, I, I have all the uh, DVD sets that they mm-hmm. came out with, and uh, just those '50s movies. The, you know, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, radiation was not your friend. Giant ants, giant mantises, yeah, giant spiders. Yeah, yeah, giant. yeah. yeah Love that. Well, that's yeah. you know not necessarily. Actually, them was kind of scary. Well, they were but afraid the of giant nuclear monsters. War was, was great. Uh, I guess in every, on yeah. everybody's mind. And as far as Halloween coming up, um, guys, I will wreck. I'll plug a movie called Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody. Pretty much already knows about that one if they're at all into horror. It's a okay. great, scary anthology that's mm-hmm. cool as hell. Has a great new monster archetype character. Check out Trick or Treat. Okay. If you guys want to check out my weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Tell us where they, um, they um, can find you. I don't have my site up and running, but uh, I'm very active on Facebook. And my name's Darren Auk. And spell it. D A R R E N, and the last name is A U C K. That's where I do a lot of my communication. Um, I take on commissions. And started this week, I tend to do something every Halloween called scaricatures. I draw caricatures of people and then. Uh, I turn them into monsters, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, vampires, yeah. aliens, superheroes. <laughs> I'll turn these guys into something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we uh, have a new background for uh, just hey, there you podcast. go. Yeah. yeah, chase me down <laughs> on Facebook. Sounds yeah, great. Definitely check out Darren. I've known Darren a long time. I don't yep. know how many. Oh, it has to be like twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, definitely check out Darren's. Uh, illustrations and that all right so uh darren before you go i do want to test your knowledge i'm ready you and jim on movie trivia okay Okay. so that's coming up Okay, we're going to do some uh, horror trivia between Darren and I. And Mike yes. will be reading 
the question. I've got the cards. These cards were sealed, and so I know that Jim wasn't reading them <laughs> yeah. bedtime. He wasn't reading. studying. No, he wasn't like our, studying. Like our one friend who studied all the answers to all the trivia pursuit questions. Yeah. I, I had a friend that it. did the we same We couldn't thing. even play the game with him. <laughs> and then he got mad when we busted him on all right, so, so um, this is a little bit like whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter. And we're How, doing five, we, five each. We're going to raise our hand or oh, no, no, take I'm turns? Gonna, oh, I was going to ask, uh, just ask you a question, see if you okay. got it or not. And, uh, if there, and, if, and, and if you don't know, then we'll go over All here right, and see. So if we're going to trade. Right, then you get a point. Yeah. You know. And then um, you can keep a score at home. I'm not. And then <laughs> and then I'll ask Jim, and he gets it or not. If he doesn't, yeah, it right. goes to you. Okay. So we're going to go with that. So we'll do ten total? Five yeah. Back. Okay. Yeah, let's do uh, let's do. Okay. Ten total. I'm ready. And uh, if we I'm don't count, if we don't count that either, our listeners can I count know, Darren. So, um, Darren, what 2016 film is about a deaf writer who gets stalked by a masked killer in an isolated house in the woods? Uh, Looking for the title of the film, 2016. Silent but deadly. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Jim, do you know? <laughs> All I can think of is Cabin in the Woods, but I know that's not right. The name of the movie is Hush. Ah, oh. uh, when I got that. All right. Uh, Jim. Yes. What was the profession of the main heroine in the 1981 werewolf film, The Howling? Oh. Profession of the main heroine. Wasn't it Dee Wallace? I know the actress. Mm. Um, I want to say she was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Any idea, Dan? Uh, no, I'm not even going to make a bad joke. All right. <laughs> That's good. The oldest profession. So, uh, TV news reporter. Oh. Oh, I should have known that. Great movie. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm doing these randomly, but, you know, you, yeah. might, you, might, be huh. you might be handed one here, Darren. Uh, the 1972 version of Last House on the Left was the directorial debut of which director? Last House on the Left director. Uh, don't have it. Jim? Don't know. All right, that was Wes Craven. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, Wes. Yeah, that's why I thought... <laughs> big fan, I, I was, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you a hint because it's a, something, a name that I actually oh, knew. Oh, man. All right. Um, so this is back to you, Darren, okay. I think. Um, what state does the film and comic book miniseries 30 Days of Night take place? In what state? Alaska. Yeah, you got it. All right. Jim? Mm-hmm. What actress played Tiffany in The Bride of Chucky? Actress. The Bride of Chucky. <laughs> I can't say that title without luck. Uh, I know her name. Uh... Give me the initials. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the actress that played Tiffany in The Bride of Chucky. That heck's her name? <laughs> Thinking Jessica. Um... Oh, it's a J. I'm going to give you that. I'm not giving you the point. I'm just giving you the J. It's J. Jennifer Tilly. You got it. Oh, oh boy. I was, I was ready. I thought it was Jessica Tandy. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made a pretty wild movie. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um... It's Darren, right? Yeah. Yeah. What snack 
is Tallahassee searching for in Zombieland? Oh, oh I know that one. Searching for I the snack. I believe they're hostess snowballs. Nope. They're not. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> they are Twinkies. Twinkies! Oh, how did I screw that up? All right. Um, so Stephen King. Stephen uh, King coming at you, Jim. Uh-oh. You know, so... Uh, better get it right. <laughs> you better get it. In fact, I should time you on it. I think I'm so sure you're <laughs> yeah. going to get it right. What was the name of the cat in Pet Cemetery? Church. You got it. Good one. Uh, oh, this is... Um, all right. We were talking about The Exorcist, Darren. The Exorcist was the first horror movie to be nominated for what in 1974? It was nominated for what in 1974? An Oscar. That's right, an Academy Award Oscar. You got it. Good job, good job. We'll just keep going for like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's if, fun. If, they wanna, fun. if they want to do numbers yeah. at home, they can do that. But Okay, um, <clears throat> Jim, taking you back to the uh, black and white days. Okay. Okay. This 1958 film takes place in a Swiss resort town where a mysterious radioactive cloud appears to be the cause of serious decapitations. What is the name of the film? (laughs) Decapitation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, radiation usually kills you slowly. It came from outer space. Any ideas? Topless holiday. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the Crawling Eye, also known as the Trollenberg Terror. Wow. Yeah, that's a... That that's, goes, a that's, 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 that's reaching. Yes, that's... Yeah. that's. I was going to say nearly 100 years ago. No, it's not, not that old. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, Darren. What type of animal terrorizes Jennifer Connelly in Dario Argento's Phenomena? Oh, he's a classic. I should know this. A cat. Gonna have to. If you don't know, you're gonna have to guess an animal. When I think of Jennifer Connelly, I think of a ferret. But I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was a chick. It was a chick. A ferret and labyrinth. Now they, they named the animal here, but uh, it's more than just an animal. It's a chimpanzee, right? With a straight razor. <laughs> you know that would be that that would be scary. His movies are a trip. Yeah, they are recommended. No, wasn't there? What's who was in Beastmaster? There was a ferret in there, wasn't there? Yeah, that's he had a pet have, But that wasn't Jennifer Connelly. Oh, that's, I don't remember. <laughs> so you think in ferret? You you owned yeah, a couple was, ferrets. You were caretaker for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrorizing. She was they very young in that Dario Argento movie. <laughs> Yeah, ferrets are creepy. <laughs> All right. Um, night of the ferrets. Yeah, <laughs> night oh, sorry. The ferrets. A night at the... Uh, <laughs> I think it's me. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Jim, in the 1979 film Tourist Trap, a group of friends are trapped in what kind of establishment? Tourist Trap. Isn't that Alfred Hitchcock? No, that's, that's different. Uh, tourist Trap. What establishment? Yes. Uh, it's got to be like a... Like a beach resort place. <laughs> a mountain chalet. <laughs> it is a museum. Oh. Yeah. 
All right, Darren, I believe it's yours. <clears throat> A Nightmare on Elm Street. What hangs above Tina's bed? What hangs above Tina's bed in A Nightmare on Elm Street? A cross? Going to give it to you. A crucifix. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Crucifix is a type of cross. Tricky, tricky question here, Jim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is the name of the sequel to Ridley Scott's Alien? Ridley Scott's Alien? Yes, Alien. It's Aliens. You got it. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you well, he, was, he was trying Alien. to throw you a curve. <laughs> no, add an S. Add an S and get that. All right, uh, Darren. Which actress plays a psychotherapist who enters the mind of a comatose serial killer in the 2000 film The Cell? Actress. J-Lo. Yeah. J-Lo. That's a Got good it. movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's, that's so let's do two more. All right. Two, uh, two more? Yeah. Okay. One more for each or two more for each? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> two more for each. Two more for each. Okay. Two more for each. And I'll go. Let me... Uh, I'm going to... Okay. There we go. Uh, Jim, this is yours, right? Did, who got J-Lo? Yeah. I got J-Lo. got J-Lo. So All right. So we're going to do two more for each. Jim, machines come to life and become homicidal after a comet causes the radiation storm in this 1986 film starring Emilio Estevez. <laughs> like I'm going to know Emilio Estevez. What? No, you have the comet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum carnage. Oh, you knew that. Maximum what? Oh, Maximum no, I was, overdrive. I, 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 I is oh. maximum overdrive. Yeah, yeah I screwed There's up. There's maximum did carnage. You, in, no, you got it. No, you wait, said, did you say Stephen King in there? It is Stephen King. No. Oh. Oh. If you said Stephen King, that would have been too much. Stephen King. I can't oh. believe I called it by a comic book instead of the movie. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I gave it to you, and then you, I didn't, I didn't give you the answer. You came up with it, so you got it right. Okay. All right. Okay, this is my last one. Uh, he, no, he just got it. Well, technically, this is my I didn't, last yeah. one, and then he'll all right, get one more. All right, so that's yeah. what. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right, your last one, and he's he's gonna get one after that. Yeah. Jim, what actress played the main character Susie Banyan in the 2018 Suspiria? <laughs> Suspiria, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Suspiria remake. Oof. Suspiria. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I saw the original. But... Okay, it's a 2018. So now you got to think about an actress who I know the name of. So this isn't Bizarro here. I actually know the name of this actress. I don't know. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> no, she was in Leprechaun. Uh, I have no idea. It's Dakota Johnson. Uh, it's never Dakota. Got Dakota. It's Dakota Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don okay. Johnson. The actress formerly known as is Dakota that, Johnson. Don Johnson's daughter. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Learn something new every day. There you go. Even at the end of a horror podcast. It, it's all about education. And Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. That yeah. was her. One more for you. Okay. And this is it. It's not an easy one. I was going to give you the easy one here. The answer is Halloween. I'm not giving you that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so don't talk about Rob Zombie and Mike Myers and Halloween. I'm not going to end on that one for you, Dan. <laughs> so... Forget randomness. I just, I'm giving you a special question. After dying in the electric chair and making a deal with the devil, Horace Pinker continues his murderous ways in what 
1989 film directed by Wes Craven. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> you got it. You got it, man. Well, you guys are good. Uh, that was fun. All right. Well, oh, okay. Jim, Mike, I want to thank you mm-hmm. for having me on board. That was fun. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, and Darren, it's been great. We will great have you back. You. Yep. Great having you here. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and their host site, Podbean. Music going into our featured topic today and into the trivia created by Mike Rush. We'd like to give a big thank you to Marcy Levy for her recording talking about Millie and Billy. I'd like to thank my good friend Darren Alp for joining us today. And if you want to find out more about his caricatures, you can find him on Facebook. 